Hello, this is Patty Davis. I'm a psychic medium and intuitive, and I'm coming to you from Humboldt County, which is in Northern California, where the redwood trees meet the ocean. Aloha, my name is Jude Lynch, and I am a psychic intuitive energy healer, hailing from the island of Kauai, the garden island of the Hawaiian island chains. Welcome to Spirit Speakers Podcast, where we meet to discuss a variety of topics from two different psychic vantage points. Hi and welcome. This is Patty speaking, and today we are going to touch on protection and boundaries. And I'll start off by telling you a little about my own personal experience. Um, I am a super empathic and sensitive being, and that manifested in anxiety for me. When I was younger, I found myself on anxiety medications. I was struggling with claustrophobia. I had trouble being out in crowds. And I finally realized when I started taking classes that my issue was that I was totally unprotected. I had no protection around me whatsoever, and I was picking up on all types of energies. And we are sensitive beings. We all um, have an electromagnetic field that radiates out from us, and that fills up our, our aura space. And when we come in contact with other people, before we have a physical conversation with them or any type of communication, before we look them over and size them up, our frequencies are meeting one another. And that's why if someone sneaks up behind you, even if you don't hear them, you know that somebody's there. And that's also why we don't like people too close in our personal space. We protect ourselves with this electromagnetic field, which fills up our aura, and it should radiate out about three feet. And if that is not radiating out enough, you know, some people tend to hold their energy field kind of close. Um, we can be hit by other energies that can put us in a fight or flight um, situation where we don't have any warning. And if our energy is nice and big and our aura is flowing around us and properly protecting us, then we can pick up on energies coming in and it's as if a little ripple from the outside of our aura comes in and we can take a look at that and decide if that feels safe to us, if we want to engage with that, or if we need to have some protection around that. So there are many, many ways to set protection into place. And I always feel like your aura is the most important place to start. So this auric field that radiates all the way around us, around the back of you, the front of you, above you, below you, that's a good place to start because that is our own personal energetic field. And so we want to make sure that our aura is nice and bright, that it's radiating all the way out. And what I started doing was I started grounding like a maniac to begin with, to handle my anxiety. And then I would allow my aura to almost be like a gelatinous bubble around me. I would let it be nice and firm and um, have it be a protection so that it would keep me from picking up on energies around me. Now, these energies can be as subtle as going to a concert and picking up on someone's argument that they're having or someone's pain. So we may find ourselves picking up on all types of energies. This doesn't necessarily mean we're always picking up on being psychically attacked or of a dark entity around us or a ghost's energy. It can be something as simple as picking up on someone's hurt feelings or somebody's physical pain or an argument that someone's in or the energy of um, a conversation that someone just had with somebody. And if you are in a situation where you are taking in all this energy, it can be extremely overwhelming. And we're going to have a whole episode on empathy. But if you're an empath, which means that you are a super sensitive being, 
it can get to the point where you are not sure what belongs to you and what belongs to someone else. And I have a whole arsenal that I use, different levels of protection. Um, but I wanted to hand it over to you, Jude, first to let you say something about how you started um, taking protection and boundaries seriously. When I first realized that I had psychic ability, I had no concept or idea of protection or boundaries. I had zero understanding of it. I never even imagined that it was such a thing. And from that point, I went about a decade without having any energetic protection or boundaries. And my method was just coping with all of the energy that was coming in, either ignoring it holding strong, even though I was in crowds and incredibly uncomfortable and wanting to just go home and curl up in a ball sometimes, that I just push through it and breathe through it. But I really never understood why it was that I was like that. I just thought that was just who I was. It wasn't until I actually met Patty that she helped me understand what boundaries and protection were. And once I got a grasp of that, my entire reality changed for the better. I would say that it is in the top three things as an empath or a psychic that you must know in order to like function in life. I wish I had learned that 20 years ago. I think part of the reason I did not have energetic boundaries or protection is because of my childhood. And there are a lot of probably infinite reasons why people might not have energetic boundaries. I believe when we incarnate we're kind of, and if we're nurtured right and raised well and are taught well by the people um, that we look up to about respect of our energy and our bodies and our values and our spirit, we kind of naturally will have a more energetic space between us and other people. But then people who either got violated a lot physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, if they were bullied a lot in school, that's kind of conditioning somebody to think that they're susceptible to what other people want to do to them whenever they want to do it and they don't have a choice. So it kind of starts to break down that barrier and that wall. So that's kind of how I feel like my energy ended up being super open. Um, there was not respect of my space or my body or my feelings. And I think when you experience something like that, you're kind of conditioned to think that there's no space between you and other people. It made me very open to their energy. And I think there's a lot of different reasons. It's not always just physical abuse or uh, emotional abuse. Sometimes one bad situation could make somebody's energetic walls tear down. That's, that's really interesting, Jude, and I agree with that, but I also think that sometimes there are people that are just born super sensitive, and that sometimes it's just who you are, it's part of your human experience without necessarily going through a trauma or something that triggered it. Would you agree with that as well? Yeah, I think people get born into it too. I think that might stem from who they were in other lifetimes and whatever karma or whatever purpose they have when they incarnate as to why they are born more open and sensitive. I mean, there's infinite reasons why it could happen. I know for me personally, it was um, violation of my personal space when I was younger or, you know, who knows, maybe I was <laughs> super open when I came into this reality. Having 
gone well into my adulthood without having any protection, what it felt like was completely overwhelming. It's lots of anxiety, feeling really nervous, feeling impending doom, feeling paranoid about things that weren't even happening, but thinking that something bad was going to happen. Um, I would think people thought things about me that weren't true. It makes me understand why it is schizophrenic people end up schizophrenic. And I told you and I shared before in an earlier podcast that I feared that was happening to me. And I really think it's because I was cracked so open and there was so much energy coming in. And like Patty said, it's uh, you don't even know what's yours and what's somebody else's. It's just an overload of energy. I explain this to my clients as living in a house with no walls. So when the elements, the hail, the wind, the rain, all of that is happening outside, it's all coming in. You can't stop it. And it's too much information. Having a good energetic boundary or a protective field around you allows you to take in information almost in a linear way. And it's only relevant information that's meant for you or high vibrational energy. You can pick and choose what kind of energy you want to put through those filters. I totally agree, Jude. And it's also really interesting on how that manifests. It doesn't always manifest in anxiety. Some people can pick up on weather patterns. People can pick up on natural disasters. They can pick up on, on fear or energies that are coming from another side of the world, of the planet. And it can manifest in many different ways. It can manifest like we've been talking in anxiety and kind of affect your sense of self. It can also manifest in physical sensations. You may be having a wonderful day and and all of a sudden you have a headache out of nowhere or a stomachache, or all of a sudden you just feel this sensation of doom and gloom for no apparent reason. So it can come through physically, it can come through emotionally, it can manifest in many different ways. And to be a sensitive person or an empath is a huge gift. You know, you have wonderful radar, you can really get a good impression of somebody on first meeting them, you know when people are lying to you, you have this awareness of everything that's happening around you, but like you said, it can move from a place of awareness to where you put protections in place, if you are aware of that. So the next question is, how do you know when what you're picking up on, feeling or sensing or emoting has to do with not being protected? You can only figure that out if you start putting protection in place and see if that makes a big difference. Yes, I fully agree with you on that. Uh, there is a difference because I do have a lot of clients who come in and they get that doom and gloom and they have this feeling that something's bad is happening all the time or every time they get this weird feeling, they, they wonder if it's something directed at them or something, a premonition that they're having about something that's manifesting into their reality. And a lot of times I really don't think it is especially with people who have a lack of shielding around them. On one hand, I mean, it's kind of a double-edged sword though, because if you don't have protection and boundaries and you are inviting a lot of lower, denser energy into your energy field, that could eventually manifest, I think, into more problems and more issues and more bad luck, if you will. When I set up my energetic protection, the first thing I like to do is ground my energy. And I like to describe what grounding is, is like the drain pipe in a sink. So when the fresh water is coming in, which is that very high vibrational energy that comes in through the crown, 
that wants to wash out any of the excess emotions or environmental static, the environmental energy that you're dealing with and processing, if you're not grounded, what happens is all of that energy, all of your emotions and all of the environmental stuff starts sticking to you. And this is why empaths get very overloaded. When people are coming in to see me and they're struggling in this area, they're not very grounded. So what grounding is, is dropping that energy down and anchoring it into the earth frequency um, or the earth fields or whatever terms we want to use for that. But that's the way that I see it. And then that becomes this drain pipe that allows all of this excess energy to flush. And once you get that out of the way, that's kind of like the clearing. So forget about putting up protections and boundaries first. Let's just clear out all the stuff we've carried up with us up to this point and then put up our boundaries and our shields. Because it's like, why put up boundaries and shields if you're going to be carrying all the gunk with you in the inside of it anyways? <laughs> so I think grounding is like what will clear that, what will sweep all of that extra stuff away, and that'll instantly raise your frequency and then kind of give you that boost to be able to make a nice energetic barrier around you. I also like when I'm making my shields, I like using all of my senses. I like to feel where the edge of that is. It's like if I had an energy hand and reached it out, I know exactly where that space is that, that I could touch it. Is it smooth? Is it soft? I feel like when I use all of my senses, if I can almost like hear the intonations of that shield, if I can almost smell the crispness or the sweetness of what that is, if I'm using as many senses as I can to feel that protection around me, I feel like it almost solidifies it more than just with thought or just with vision. Some people might not feel like they're very visual. Uh, and I've heard that a lot. People are like, I just, I'm, I don't have that sense to be able to picture things in my mind. Perhaps you can use some of your other senses. Perhaps it's just a, a feeling of, of touching or just knowing that, like Patty said, a nice barrier three feet around you from all directions, creating a buffer, a space that doesn't allow any energy to come in and connect with you directly. An analogy I like to use with that is feeling the sandpaper instead of drinking the sand. Sometimes we want to know that there's negativity around us. We want to know that there's somebody toxic around us that we don't want to be around, but we just don't want to take in all of their stuff. We just want to know it's there so we can step away or make more space. That's great. And I'm so glad you brought up grounding because grounding is everything. You know, if I had to name one thing that kind of saved me from my anxiety issues, it would be grounding. And grounding is our stability. It's our anchor. It's feeling like your feet are on the soil and it's safe to be there. You're connected with the magnetic field of the earth. And when we're grounded, that's what we're doing is we're connecting. And when we get in a state of overwhelm, especially as we're talking here by picking up on other people's energies or weather patterns or anything that's happening, it tends to lift us up off the ground. It's as if we lose our footing and we start to raise up off the ground. And if you're raising up off the ground, you're going to go into that place of panic and the energy of anxiety comes up from your feet and raises up through your body. Those of us that have had anxiety can relate to that. And so grabbing that energy, shifting it back down, sending it back down to the planet, connecting your feet with the soil, connecting with the center of the earth and mother earth, that helps ground us out gives us an anchor, helps us feel safe, and then helps us to find our, our place again in this world. And then we can go into protecting. So I'm so glad that you mentioned grounding. And then I also thought of another thing about ways to understand or recognize if you are picking up on other people's energies. And I like to call it the psychic hangover. 
So after being out in a social atmosphere, whether it's a positive atmosphere or something that's not so great, I feel like I have a hangover for at least 48 hours. And for me, It feels a lot like having a hangover from alcohol, but even if I didn't drink at all, what it is, is it's a hangover from picking up on all the energy of all those people that are around you. And some people are very protected. We all know people that seem like they have walls around them where you can't get in. They're not easy to approach. They don't feel interested in anybody. And those people are protected a little bit too much. And we don't want to put walls around us because we're humans and we're here to relate with everybody and experience that exchange of energy. That's what makes life fun. And if we're blocked off by walls that we can't experience that, that takes all the fun out of life. So taking those walls down into a web of light or a purple bubble or my gelatinous egg, whatever works for you, that's a way that we can be protected and shielded, yet still have a relationship with our surroundings without being walled off or isolated. Because empaths can find themselves feeling very isolated because we do have to protect ourselves a lot. I want to add something to that. First of all, the um, energetic hangover, as you called it, I've never heard you describe this before, but that's totally what I go through. Even going to like a dinner party with friends, and these are friends, people I love and know and trust, and I'll come home after that and feel... I guess that's what it is, like a bit of an energetic hangover. Like I feel off and I can't quite figure out what it is. And I really don't think it's my stuff, but it almost takes me a few hours to shake stuff off sometimes and get back to my center. But when I'm in their space and I'm sharing space with other people, I don't even realize that's going on. But having said that, that is far less now than it was many years ago. It's very, very subtle. And it's not anything that's throwing me off too intensely. But I do notice that when you have been kind of swimming around in a lot of people's energy, it's almost like their energy is sticking to my energetic barrier still. So it's not that I'm cleaning off my inner self. It's like I almost have to still clean off the, uh, the outer you know, edge of my protective wall. And that now needs to be sweeped off. Exactly. And then we're also constantly protecting ourselves, even if we're not aware of it. And just the energy that it takes to protect yourself when you're in a social situation can be exhausting. And then if you add alcohol to it, and I'm speaking for myself here, if I'm in a social situation and I drink alcohol, that takes down my inhibitions and I can relax and fully be myself and have fun. However, I lose control of my protection. Yeah, because that a price. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So the next day, it's like a double whammy. Right, 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 right. Uh, there are certain objects that you can bring into your room, into your space that carry a frequency that will introduce a new frequency into your auric field. For example, black tourmaline is my absolute favorite. I think it's very grounding and clearing. I don't know what it is about it. I don't know the science behind it. All I know is it makes me feel better and it makes me feel a little more protected. Um Hematite is known to be a, a nice grounding stone. So whether or not if you're carrying them on your actual physical body or putting them around the room, I think you're just introducing a frequency into the space that is saying that it is more protected. Sage, smudges, incense, essential oils, uh, whatever you need, you don't actually need any of these things. To me, those objects are merely things that we anchor that intention into and we're only amplifying a frequency that it already has and, and radiating it out. And sometimes those objects and the physical things help us make that intention more lucid and more visceral 
uh, so it feels more real. And if we feel it's more real and we believe it to be more real, then it becomes stronger. But at the end of the day, sure, if you can't have access to gemstones or crystals or incense, don't think that you're not protected just because you can't have them. Intention is everything. Yeah, that's great. I think you're the one that introduced me to black tourmaline. I think you gave me a little piece as a gift and I love black tourmaline. And I believe that those dark stones, black tourmaline, smoky quartz, onyx, obsidian, those dark stones tend to absorb excessive energies and especially negative energies and they can work as a filter to assist you. I have one next to me on my desk when I'm doing readings. I have one on my windowsill. I keep one in my bag with me at all times. And you can feel when they get full because they'll start to feel warm or hot to the touch and a stone should feel cool. And so I believe that they actually do help by absorbing some of those energies in addition to being a tool for your intention. And then it's also important to keep them cleansed regularly by putting them out under the moonlight overnight or saging them or rinsing them in salt water. Um, but um, I am with you with the black tourmaline. I love black tourmaline and I think it's invaluable. Yeah, I can't have enough grounding stones in my space. <laughs> I, I'm just, I'm a little bit of a grounding stone junkie. Um, salt is a very accessible thing that anyone can get. I think salt has a very powerful drawing quality and absorbing quality to it too. You could just put out a little bowl of salt, say a little intention over it, and um, for it to kind of soak in any excess negative energy and then bringing it outside when it feels full, as Patty said. When, and intuitively, you'll know when it feels like it's saturated with whatever it was meant to soak out of the space. And then you go put it out in the ground outside. Don't throw it in your garbage. Don't flush it down your toilet. Go put it back out in nature and allow the frequency of the earth to transmute that. So it is important to clean your stones and your tools through the elements of nature, I feel like is probably the best way, or sitting them in a bowl of salt. Once again, having that drawing quality, being able to soak any negative energies off of objects and then taking that salt outside. All right. So we're talking about protection and boundaries. So let's talk a little bit about boundaries. And I spoke of this in one of our early podcasts a little bit, that I have really specific intentions on what I allow in and what I don't allow in. And intentions really help me a lot. They help me feel empowered. They help me feel in control. But there are other ways of protecting myself um, that I utilize quite often because Sometimes things sneak in. I've said before, as I have really strong boundaries on what I'm allowing to walk into my office, what I am um, not interested in working with or dealing with or, or looking at or seeing, and that helps me not have to protect myself quite as much. And I know that when I first met you, boundaries were a huge issue for you, and you made a huge um, shift in energy around boundaries. Could you talk about that a little bit? Yes. When I met you, the way that my perception of the energy around me became its own oversoul in a way. So it was the conglomerate. It was the collection of everybody's energy. For example, if I went into a room with 100 people, I wouldn't feel everybody's energy individually. What I would feel was the collective energy of, of the room. So if the whole room was on a positive tip and they were all having fun and enjoying themselves, um, I would be very comfortable. But if I went into a room, like bars, for example, would be really tricky for me, and everybody was drunk and off balance and emotions and dramas, I mean, before anything would even happen in a space like that, I would just almost sense the whole space and all of the energy combined as this one 
oversoul is the way I guess I would describe it. Almost like it was its own entity and it would feel like it was pressing against me or attacking me or making me feel paranoid, angry, whatever, emotional, whatever the collection of energy was in the room. And that's just the way I felt it. But I was very sensitive and I'm a very visual person. I know other people probably just feel it in terms of anxiety or uneasiness or um, physical pains in their body, headaches, stomach aches, feeling off balance, vertigo, things like that. When I first started the idea of protections many, many years ago, it was in my early 20s, and I remember somebody saying to me when we found ourselves in a precarious situation, they said, oh, imagine that there's a purple bubble around you. And I remember thinking it was just this really silly idea, like, okay, really, dude? Like, <laughs> a purple bubble? Like, this sounds really just you know, out there. I, I, I don't know, you know, but I did it. I went along. It's like, okay, I'm imagining this purple bubble. And what I found to my surprise was that it actually calmed me down and it made me feel a little bit better. I wasn't 100% sure that it was working or that it was there, but I did definitively notice that I felt more calm. So I started playing around with this purple bubble idea for a few years. And I found that when it comes to your intention in the energetic realms, your belief is everything. If you don't actually believe it's happening, it's not going to really have any strength or energy behind it. You almost really just got to believe and know and trust that when you put a visualization or an intention into those boundaries and into those protective spaces around you that it is working. And if you feel and know it and trust it, then it's almost absolute. What do you think about that, Patty? I totally agree with that. You have to feel empowered when you're setting an intention for it to actually work. So after the whole purple bubble scenario, which I used for a few years as I was um, coping with my psychic overload, I don't know if I was 100% sure it was a real thing or that it really worked. And then eventually I was told about using mirrors. And when I started projecting mirrors, I liked the mirror aspect better just because it felt like a more tangible thing, not just this soft, glowy light that was around me, but something that in my mind's eye I could see and perceive that had dimension to it. That when I put up a mirror, I knew it was two feet in front of me. It was gilded in a beautiful gold frame that it had a silver reflection on it. And when I started using the mirror, I definitely felt a huge shift. So when people were projecting energies at me, that energy would reflect back at them. But then what happened was after a few years of using that, I found this pattern that people were only seeing their own reflection in my energetic mirror. So if they did not like themselves, if they saw themselves as an ugly person or whatever, when they looked at me, they would only be seeing themselves. So there was this projection thing that kept happening to me for a few years, and it took me a while to figure out what it was, and it was because I was putting up these mirrors. So every time people came at me, I would make stronger mirrors, brighter mirrors, bigger mirrors. What I found as well is people who were very beautiful and loved themselves would look at me and see somebody uh, that was very beautiful that they, they loved. Beyond that evolution, 
what came to me was another form of protection, which I like to use, and that's a diamond. Because the diamond is the hardest substance that we even know. You can't scratch it with anything but a diamond. So I imagine and feel and project that there's this diamond energy around me with all of its multifacets and all of the rainbow refractions that go through a glistening, beautiful diamond. But there is a definitive space between me and other people that is impenetrable. And the great thing about a diamond is that they're clear. So everyone still gets to see me for who I am, and I still get to see everybody for who they are. There are probably a million and one ways to do a protective energy, and some of them may work for you better than others. Those are the ones that I found, and that was kind of my evolution, playing around with visualizations and intentions of the protection grid that I put around me. What about you, Patty? What, what kind of things have you experienced with that? Well, I, I do utilize the mirror, but only in the back of my neck when I feel like something's intentionally attacking me. Because like you, I don't, I don't really want to reflect things off. I want to be able to be present and communicate with people. And I am a psychic for a living. So I like to really be able to sense what's going on with them. And I even get physical sensations from people. And I allow that for just a minute so that I understand what they're going through, but then I release it. But I do kind of feel if any energy is sneaking up from behind me, that that's sneaky. We are front-oriented people, and I don't want anything coming in from the back. So I will utilize a mirror in the back of my body, like I, I said, in the, especially in the back of my neck, to reflect anything away. Because again, if uh, somebody has something to say to me or there's energy coming in, I need to see it and gauge it and know how to react to it. So I feel like the mirror is a great safety mechanism for the back of me. If somebody calls me on my phone and I see the name and it's somebody that I have difficulty with, I will immediately put a force field around me or similar to what you said, a beautiful frame with what I call bulletproof glass so that I can see through it, I can communicate clearly, I can be present, but I can also... Um, really gauge what's coming through and have that little bit of a buffer on what's coming through. And those are, those are great boundaries that I'm not letting too much energy in and, and that I feel like I have control over that. But I really, really utilize my spirit guides. Before I do a reading with anybody, if I'm feeling something coming in that doesn't belong to me, I really call in my spirit guides because spirit guides tend to work as a filter for energies and keep us safe. And I just call them in and have them work away and, and clear everything out for me. I also really utilize light. I like to really visualize a little beam of light coming through my crown chakra from my higher self or my essence, working its way all the way through into the center of the earth. And then once I establish that centering and that grounding, I like to pretend I'm turning up my inner dimmer switch and I just let that light get larger and brighter and brighter. And as it radiates out, I set the intention that it's picking up on any energy that doesn't belong to me, anything that's not positive, um, hopeful, kind, empowering. And as it radiates out and it fills me up with light, it starts shining out of my pores like little flashlights and filling up my auric space. And it's taking all of that energy that's not mine or something that I don't want to hold on to, taking it out to the edge of my aura and then sending it off to another dimension where it can't return. And that works really, really well for me. And if shit's really hitting the fan, then I get out my smoky quartz, my black tourmaline, and my sage and really go to work and really, really work on setting some intentions, calling in all of my guide system, all of my loved ones that have passed. And it's kind of like my army of protection and really clear things out. And it's almost like having a meditation on releasing that energy and letting it go. Um, 
I do want to do a share. Some years ago, I was going through something tricky with somebody. I really felt like my personal space and my boundaries were being violated. Somebody was just, the way they spoke to me or the way they were being towards me just didn't make me feel good. And I remember imagining that I was putting up these like brick walls and these like daggers and these like harpoons, like, you know, shielding the castle kind of thing. And I remember doing that. And just I just wanted to share that in case anybody else did that. Please don't do that. <laughs> because not only are you putting up brick walls and spears, because sometimes when we want to protect ourselves, we think of it as like this war and this weapon that we want to keep people at bay. There is a better way and light and love is always the better way. But you're also giving that energy, that frequency off to people you want in your energy field, people that you want to connect with. And so I think that's also important to check yourself with. I think high vibrational energy is absolutely the best way for any and all. It will allow those high vibrational people to still come in and connect with you and it will feel unpleasant and unattractive to people who are dark and shadowy and have bad intentions. But if you're putting up walls, literally brick walls, cement walls, and or weapons, it's pretty much going to make you feel abrasive or energetically harsh or sharp to people who are sensitive, even though you may not be. And I just wanted to share that because that's something I did many years ago and learned the hard way that it was not serving me. Yeah, we, do, we don't want to enter a war, even <laughs> if it's an energetic war. That's exhausting and, and not a lot of fun. So yeah, somebody told me a quote, and I'm not going to get it right, but it's something about the dark has no defense against the light. And when you're working with high frequencies and you're letting your own essence come in and that fill up your auric space, that in itself is going to be a wonderful protection from any dark or negative energies. And like you said, some people aren't visual. You and I happen to be really visual, and some people are sensory. So just feeling that energy radiating out, picking up on sensations that you are receiving from different people or different situations and having an awareness of that. And we don't want to walk around paranoid, but you know, if you're leaving a store in the middle of the night and you're walking out through a dark parking lot, you have an awareness of what's around you. So when you are in crowds or with you, if you're with somebody that you just don't feel fully comfortable with, you need to be aware of that. And then you need to put in the correct amount of protection for the situation that you're in. And there are times where it's important to go see somebody, have someone help you remove something, or really, like I said, get down and dirty with clearing energies. But for the most part, it's finding a lovely balance where you feel secure and grounded and safe so that you can experience life in a positive manner and really are aware of what belongs to you and what doesn't belong to you. Empaths usually are picking up more from the outside than they are from the inside. So if you're a sensitive being and you're picking up all this energy, it makes it difficult to understand who you are. And we all want to get to really know ourselves. So it's an act of self-love to preserve your own space so that you can really experience life from a safe haven. Yes, and I think that um, I would just like to address a couple symptoms that I notice that uh, would imply that you lack boundaries and protection. One of them is people who feel like they're always being walked all over or taken advantage by other people. You can't seem to say no. You have a hard time saying no. You're probably lacking boundaries for sure, and that energetic protection is not there. Because what attracts those people into your reality? Wanting to take advantage of you, wanting you to do things for them all the time and not wanting to do for themselves. Another symptom of this is just for example, you go into a grocery store 
And for whatever reason, you walk down the bread aisle and there's that weird drugged out person talking to themselves and they just start to accost you for no reason. Things like that to me happen when you don't have good energetic boundaries. Like why did you walk down that aisle in that moment? Why didn't you walk down the milk aisle instead and avoid that whole situation? I feel like when your energetic boundaries are in place and you're vibrating at a higher frequency, without you even having to consciously think about it, you're just going to end up where you need to be to avoid all of the chaos and all of the drama. I can tell you (laughs) for sure, my reality has become so much more peaceful over the years as I've strengthened that space around me. I just don't have those weirdos um, coming up to me or those um, strange attacks from people or judgments or side eyes or whatever. I'm not saying I never get them, but it is definitely far, far, far less than it was um, just years ago. And the more I strengthen and raise my frequency, I think it's almost just like a magnet that brings me to those more high vibrational, more calm spaces. And I just intuitively know to stay away without being conscious about it. Wonderful. So to to start to wrap things up a little bit, um, I would just like to bring up grounding one more time. Grounding is like the basic tool that helps with everything. And if you're not familiar with grounding, if you can get on an, on the computer, you can go on my website. I have a few grounding meditations. There's some grounding meditations on YouTube. You want to find somebody whose voice that you can sit with for a while and maybe have a guided meditation or practice some grounding, sending a root system down into the ground. Imagine you're walking into water and let that water trickle down into the ground because grounding is something I do constantly. And it just really helps you to be present in this manner manifestation as a human being. It helps you feel safe and anchored, and it helps you to protect yourself so that you can have a wonderful life communicating and with your surroundings and really connecting with everything around you without feeling threatened, without having to wall off, or without having to um, experience any type of anxiety. And the shamanistic view of many mental illnesses, including schizophrenia, is that these are people that are highly sensitive, that lack the control over all of the voices and the energies that are coming in. So it's really important for our mental stability as well as our physical health and our emotional health, our psychic health, is to be aware and protect yourself and be able to control some of the energies that are around you and that are coming in. Yes, grounding is numero uno. It is absolutely the number one and the first thing that anybody should be doing. When you're out in public and you get that feeling of anxiety or uneasiness or you feel off in any way whatsoever, the very first thing that you should be training yourself to do is checking in with that grounding. And nobody needs to know that you're doing it. It's not like you have to get down in lotus position and start getting om shanti shanti, meditating, anything like that. You can just do it when you are in practice of it, you'll get in tune with what that feels like and just set that intention to drop that energy down and do it in just two seconds, even faster. It's like doing kegels. It's only between (laughs) you and your body. Nobody knows you're doing it, but you're totally activating that grounding chakra. Um, um, but yeah, you put, you taught me this one, Patty, and I share this one with my clients is that when you do for women, I don't know how this would feel for the men, but when you do ground and you make that connection point, um, in my mind's eye, when I'm dropping my grounding energy down, I'm connecting it to the very center point of the planet. That's kind of my sweet spot. And when I drop it in there, there's a surge of energy that comes back up and fills my womb space and gives me a bit of a kegly pulse. 
that's just a good in- indication for me that I've connected. I don't always feel it, but you know, that's, it's like that's- a mini grounding orgasm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so what we're doing is you're grounding from the root chakra and that is because our root chakra is the chakra in which we ground, but we send energy down and that is located in the perineum for women or in the scrotum for men. So it actually, you Oftentimes you do get a little bit of a physical sensation if you're grounding correctly because that energy is traveling down and then it's coming right back up into that space. So that is a really good sign that you're doing it correctly if you feel a little bit of a sensation. For me, when I ground, it's almost like a shift in my whole posture. It's kind of like whoosh, like everything just sinks in. It's like my tailbone shifts down and energetically connects. It's like my tail is back there and it's connecting with the earth. And I feel, yeah, there's like a nice um, smooth sense of a draining type energy, but it's like one of those good draining energies, just like a a release of some kind, like a load has been taken off of you. It's a little, it's relaxing. It's a flush. I like to call it like a flush. Yeah. And it feels (laughs) really good. Yeah. And when I see it in my clients, because I do energy work with them and especially for ones that came in ungrounded and I help them ground, it's what I'm seeing is all of the excess energy in the upper chakras that have been overloaded. When they are able to make that grounding cord, I see all of that excess energy from the upper chakras immediately flush out. So yeah, grounding is numero uno. And then after that, just um, put up your intention, do the visualization, uh, choose one that works for you, what feels good for you. You don't have to use ours specifically. And also what Patty said earlier, knowing and trusting that your guides are always there. You're never alone in any situation. You have angels and spirit guides. Everybody has them, multiple ones, and you can always call on them for extra protection. Yes, and we're going to talk about spirit guides and animal totems in our next podcast. And I'm super excited about that because it's such a wonderful subject. Yes, and Patty is like the expert as far as I'm concerned with uh, spirit guides and those dimensions. So I'm looking forward to that conversation too. Thank you, Jude. Well, thank you everybody for being here. We look forward to spending more time with you in the future. And I'm Patty Davis with um, Wing and Ether at wingandether.com or pdavispsychic.com. And I am align and shine kawaii.com. Um, so with that, thank you for listening. We look forward to tuning in with you next time. Aloha. Bye-bye.